KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with someone you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Make memories during happy Honda days. It probably wasn't until our leadership group and our coach sat down and we started to design our rings where you start to realize and you're looking through the booklet of all the other championship rings that are in there and it's like wow like okay we did this this is what we get to wear now We're, we're getting our rings and our guest this week, Mike Hedden, one of the greatest ice hockey players Newman University has ever produced. And now he is back in Aston. He is the head coach at his alma mater, the Newman University men's ice hockey program. And Mike, thanks so much for the time. Thank you for having me again. It's been a, been a long time since we last spoke. So as we are recording this in early November, you've just basically come on the scene and uh, it sounds like it was kind of a handshake. Hey, how you doing? Great to see you. All right, let's get to work because the, the season's here. Uh, what's the last couple weeks been like as you've returned? Uh, it's, it's been a little little hectic, to be honest. Yeah, I got in Thursday night, the night before we played our opening game against Geneseo. So I got to get right into it, ball rolling. But uh, it's it's been good. I know I've had a few practices now with my guys, and they're they're starting to buy into the system and the structure that I want to play. Uh, it would have been nice if I could have been here all October to to get those before we started playing. But it is what it is. I'm here now, and you know, looking forward to keeping this thing going. How did you approach it in that? Because that's an extraordinary situation. I mean, that's even different. I think than like a mid-season coaching change when somebody on staff gets elevated? Like, was it basically like, I'll learn the names later, put the numbers on the board, here are the lines, let's go? Yeah, so uh, my assistants, uh, Kyle Pantalone and, and Shane, have did a great job for me until I got here running the practices the way I wanted it to. So, you know, I, like I said, I was, I was coming in blind. Uh, I kind of let them help me with the lines for the first first couple games right off the bat until I got to know the names and you know it's it's taken a little bit of time but I, I think I'm getting there now. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the the timeline that brought you back to Newman. I mean you've been coaching you had a great pro career took you all over the world. You know how does the conversation to come back to your alma mater start and kind of how do the pieces come together? I was in my last my last year of my contract with the Oshawa Generals in the Ontario Hockey League. Chuck reached out. Kyle Mountain pursued another opportunity trying to move his career forward. And to be honest, if it, if it was anywhere other than Newman, I probably wouldn't have entertained the call because I really liked working in Oshawa. Our facility was top-notch. Our owner was great. I was working under Derek Laxdahl, you know, former coach of Dallas Stars. Uh, it was a great opportunity for me to continue to learn and, and grow as a coach. You know, But the opportunity came, come back to Newman, uh, and, you know, I was just just got done playing not too long ago, and I didn't want to keep going year to year. I thought Newman was a great chance for me to finally get some stability, set down some roots, and, you know, and kind of go from there. And that's what, you know, the main reason that brought me back here. Aside from the, you know, kind of the franticness of getting settled in and all, just what has it been like to be back on campus? Because it's been about, what, 14 years since you graduated-ish, somewhere in that ballpark? Yeah, graduating in 09, it, it's completely different. I mean, the Miranda Center is here now. It's a beautiful building. Everything's changed. Uh, campus looks amazing. You know, a lot of new faces, but some, some old ones, too, that you know, were here when I was here. So it's great catching up with them. And, you know, and it's an exciting time. They just announced a new new arena being built on campus, hopefully ready in, in 26. And I'm just, I'm, yeah. Pumped to be back and 
And like I said, Kemp's is way different than when I was here. <laughs> Did you always figure you would coach when your playing days were over? Like, was that always kind of in the back of your mind? Or was it a situation as the playing days are winding down, you want to be able to stay in the game and this is the next logical step? Uh, no, coaching wasn't always always in the, in the plans. Uh, my last year, what I thought was going to be my last year when I was playing in Jacksonville, you know, the season ended quick due to COVID. Went back home and I started and get everything ready to apply to be a Niagara Regional Police Officer. You know, unfortunately, COVID and everything was at a pause in Canada. I had a former alumni, actually, in Newman, who was assistant coach in Rapid City. And they kept asking me if I wanted to come back and play, come back and play. And finally, after Christmas, with the lockdowns, we, you know, my wife and I were just tired. We wanted to get back to normalcy. So I said, all right, let's go finish one more year. So I went back to Rapid City, signed as a player assistant coach. Uh, unfortunately, I got a little bit of a career-ending injury there, but it gave me the opportunity to step behind the bench for the last month and a half of the season. And once I got behind there, it was something that I, I just fell in love with. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed helping and teaching the guys. And once the season ended, I uh, got an opportunity to take an interview with the Oshawa Generals. They had already had three coaches hired. They brought me on staff. Weren't sure what I was going to do, if I was going to be the eye in the sky, if I was even going to be on the bench. But uh, one thing led to another, and you know, here got an opportunity there and been enjoying it ever since. Were you surprised how much you liked it at first, given that it wasn't something that you were really thinking about? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I tell you what, it, it was a lot easier on the body. <laughs> uh, no, I, no, I really enjoyed it. and. You know, I, I'm glad this is the path that, that I've taken now. Were you at peace with not playing anymore? I mean, you mentioned the injury and you mentioned, you know, you were looking maybe to getting to that point where you're, you want to put down roots and stuff like that. But I know a lot of times, especially when an injury is involved, people maybe sometimes struggle. They still got kind of that pull and, well, maybe if I give it one more shot, you know, or given all the circumstances was kind of that part of your your being like put to rest like okay we're good this is the next chapter yeah no I, I was okay I, like I played till I was 36 years old you know being back in Philly I guess I'll use a little quote that Rocky said you know there was nothing left in the basement it, it was all out so I was very fortunate with the the career that I had like I said growing up playing junior you know, hockey did not seem like a path to play professional, but you know, Newman opened the doors and gave me the opportunity to continue to grow my game while I was here. And I've been very thankful for the career I had. At what point did you realize that pro hockey was going to be a chance? I mean, you were on some Newman teams that had phenomenal success, division three national championship. And I'm sure that when you have success at that level, that gets your name, you know, on whiteboards that maybe it wouldn't before, but you know, when did it start to did you really start to feel like, you know what, I can take this a little further than maybe I thought originally? Uh, to be honest, it probably wasn't until my second year in Toledo where I started having success, a couple American League call-ups. You know, once you get there and you realize, okay, you know, it, it is a little higher level, but it's almost easier to play too because the talent is so much better. And then I, you know, I signed in the American League and then I think it was like, okay, maybe, maybe you can pave something out here. You know, can never take your foot off the pedal either because there's always there's always somebody waiting to take your spot. So when did you start playing hockey, and what was your introduction to the sport back in the day? I think I probably would have put my first pair of skates on around three. And you know, growing up in Canada, 
you know, you hear it all the time. It's, it's, it's what every kid does. All my friends played. So I played, played together growing up. Uh, you know, my, my dad was a, a big hockey player in my hometown growing up. He played junior there. So I, you know, I kind of wanted to follow his, his footsteps. My brother played as well. So to me that the, it was already chosen for me. When do you start to have success? And when does it really kind of become a passion for you? Probably didn't really start to have success until I was probably 19 when uh, we moved out of, out of Dunville, my hometown, to Thorold. And I got the opportunity to play for the Thorold Blackhawks. And, we, you know, we ended up winning a Southern Cup championship there. And you know, if, if I didn't make that move and play for Thorold, I wouldn't have ended up at Newman. To that point, what is the, the touchstone moment that brings you to Newman University? How did I get to Newman? Uh, by chance. <laughs> uh, you know, I wasn't being recruited by any D3 schools. We had a very good team in Thorold. We made it to the Southern Cup. And in one of those games, we were playing Listowel in the round robin. And Dave Williams happened to be the head coach, the brother of Dennis Williams, who just happened to be at the game, I think maybe watching somebody on Listowel or just watching his brother's team play. And I, I caught his eye in, in that one game. And then the conversation started about Newman and freak chance that I ended up here. If, if Dennis wasn't at that game, my junior career's over and I'm probably getting a real job at 20, 21 years old. What is it like, you know, coming to Newman, coming to the U.S.? You know, I, I don't want to act like Canada and the U.S. is this great culture divide, but it's a different lifestyle. It's a different, you know, mindset, I think. What was it like, you know, when you when you come down here and, and start your college career with at with the Knights? Uh, I mean, it was a it was a big adjustment. Um, it was my first time being away from home, but I think coming here my first year with I think we had like twenty four other freshmen coming in the same same year I did. Uh, it made the transition a lot easier. We had a lot of other Canadians, you know, that were going through the same thing. So we kind of leaned on each other, and you know, it was, it was a good experience. And out of those twenty four, twenty six freshmen, I think my senior year we were only down to. 13. So it, it was a tight group. I'm still in contact with a lot of the guys that I graduated with and, and won. So I, like I said, I'm very fortunate for the group that I, I got to come in with. What is the key to your game as a hockey player at this point, at that, you know, when you're starting your college career, what did you do well? And, you know, what did you need work on, you know, at that age, 19, 20? Uh, you know, you know, passing and, and my shot still needed you know, the day-to-day -day work. I, I was a fast skater, you know, not a pretty one, but, uh, you know, I, I was quick. I, I was physical. And I always had a, a chip on my shoulder to go in and, and prove that I was worth being on the team and that I could play in, in any situation, whether it's fourth line, third line, first line, power play, penalty kill. You know, I, I, wanted, I wanted the ice time, and you know, I, I just I didn't take a shift off. What is your first memory of success as a player at Newman? Like, when did you kind of feel like you arrived or, you know, you were going to be able to do this at, at this level at this place? Um, it's a good question. I think my second year, probably, you know, we, we had a pretty strong team. Uh, I think I ended up leading the country in goals. Uh, second team All-American. Uh, I think probably would have been around there. First year was a, was a lot of ups and downs with how many re new recruits we had trying to figure out who, who was playing where and with who. But um, yeah, probably my second year, I think I, t I took a step and, and started elevating my game 
to the next level. To that point, we talked about where your game was when you came on. What do you feel you made the biggest improvement? What aspect of your game by the time you leave Newman? Like your time as a knight, where did your game blossom the most, you think? Uh, I probably have to say my, my vision and my passing. Uh, you know, it's something that I, I worked on every day here. You know, I took a lot of pride in, in becoming a, a playmaker, not not just a one-dimensional you know, goal scorer. So, you know, in junior, you're, you're not on the ice every day. I think you only practice twice a week. So it's hard to really work and develop those individual skills while still trying to do team practices. You know, but, but coming here, you're on the ice every day. You're getting a lot more touches. You're getting the opportunity to, to work on your passing, work on your game, you know, breaking down video with the coach. So it was just it was good to be able to get here and continue to work day in day out on the craft that I love. So during your time at Newman, you guys have a lot of success and you eventually win the national championship. That season you guys win the national championship. Is that something prior to the season that you guys looked at and thought we've got it? I don't know if anybody says we could win it all, but like, if we stay relatively healthy, if we play to our ceiling, we're going to be a really difficult out? Or was it something like as the year went on, you just kind of, it kind of came together, you started winning big games, and like, oh my goodness, we could win this thing. Like, what, what was kind of the, the mind space going into that year, and how did it change as the year went on? Well, I, I think going into my third year, our, our team was probably way more talented than we were in my fourth year. Our, our third year, you know, we, we had expectations that, we, you know, we were going to make the national tournament, win our conference. Unfortunately, we fell short. And then coming into our senior year, I really don't think we started to get that belief until we beat Utica in the play-in game to move on in the playoffs. And then a- after that, you know, the, the seniors kind of took over and it was there was a belief in that locker room that, it didn't matter who we played, what the score was in the game, how much time was left. You know, we knew that we could always come back if we stuck to the game plan. And you know, it, it was odd. Like that game against Plattsburgh, I look back at. You know, we had no business probably winning that. You know, they only lost one game that year. We we're playing in Plattsburgh to go to the Frozen Four, and we I think we ended up beating them like six five in OT. We just we we never quit, no matter how many times we were down in the game. And to, to see that. That effort and and that battle from our guys, it was it was unbelievable. So that you win that, and then I think it's Hobart you play in the Frozen Four in the first game, and Gustavus Adolphus. I hope I'm pronouncing that right for the national championship. And those games were back to back, right? That's a Friday yeah. and a Saturday. You guys played that. Like, what is that like to be at that level of competition on the the cusp of a national championship to have it all happen within you know a 24 hour span is it a blur that whole weekend or is it crystal clear in your memory no no it, it, it's a blur it, it, it goes quick right but I I think we, you know we were really nervous going into that semifinal game against Hobart you know we you know hadn't had much success against them all season with them being a division rival uh you know but we, we stuck to the game plan we we beat them two nothing and the excitement in the locker room you know there's just we knew we weren't losing the next game after beating Hobart. Do you remember the moment when you absolutely realized we're going to be national champions? Like you said, you knew you guys weren't going to lose, but like that moment when you looked up time, score, feel of the game, for lack of a better term, the vibes, like, do you remember that moment when, hell yeah, we're doing this? 
Yeah, uh, it, it probably didn't come till real late in the third period. You know, I think we were maybe up 4-1 with three minutes left to go, and we had a unbelievable support from our, our student fan base and parents there. And, you know, they were they started chanting, I believe that I will win, and it was something that they, they kind of stuck through playoffs with. And, you know, once they started chanting that and you look up and you realize there's three minutes left, up 4-1, you, you start to get a little giddy that, you, you know, you're a couple minutes away from a national championship. What's the celebration like? when you win it like in the moment and then the rest of that weekend the next few days like the trip back and everything is that more of a blur than the the weekend of actual hockey <laughs> yeah 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 the the celebration yeah i mean it, it was chaotic on the ice and in the locker room and then i think they had something set up back at the hotel with all the family and, and friends yeah it, to be honest yeah it, it's a blur and then you, you get back to campus and you know, the celebration's still going on. Everyone's excited. You know, it's it's just a a really fun, fun time. How long did it take to really settle in that you were a national champion? Like, to really process it, appreciate what you guys had done, and, and kind of put it in the perspective of life accomplishments? Because I think that is something, especially when you're young, you know what you did, but you don't know what you did, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, how long do you think it took you? Yeah, I mean, you you ride the high for a while. It probably wasn't until our leadership group and our coach sat down and we started to design our rings where you start to realize and you're looking through the booklet of all the other championship rings that are in there. And it's like, wow, like, okay, we did this. Like, this is what we get to wear now. We're, we're getting our rings. What impact did accomplishing that have on the rest of your hockey career as a player like just knowing what it takes to get to the top of a championship mountain how much did that serve you the rest of your career as a hockey player well I think anytime you're you're a part of a, a winning culture and you, and you win that championship I think that's really what teams look for right teams want winners it's, it's no different then here, you know, I, I want guys from winning programs as well. And I think winning that national championship opened the door for me in Toledo to go in for a tryout. I, I don't think it would have just been stats-based, you know, but the fact that we won a national championship in my last year and played a, a pretty big part in it, I, I, I think definitely helped playing pro hockey. And I don't know if we said it, but that was the 08-09 season that you guys accomplished that. We need to take a break on one-on-one. -on -one. We will have more with Newman University head men's ice hockey coach Mike Hedden right after this. But first, it's the holiday season, folks, and the holidays mean different things to everyone. But whatever the holidays mean to you, get the most out of it in a new vehicle from our friends at Honda. Whether it's traveling to the holiday family dinner in a spacious, efficient Accord hybrid or heading to a hike to burn it off in a powerful, adventure-ready CRV hybrid, your holiday adventure awaits with a new Honda during Happy Honda Days. Contact your local Honda dealer today. And now let's get back to our conversation on one-on-one -on -one with Newman University head men's ice hockey coach, Mike Hedden. So, you know, what is life like when you start playing pro hockey? And I mean that from a competitive standpoint, but also you kind of get out of that in a lot of cases, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, like everybody's pulling in the same direction and you start playing pro and it seems like most people in any sport get slapped in the face with the it's a business it's yeah you're on a team but it's not quite the same 
as it was in college. Was that something that became apparent right away? And I don't mean this in a you know throwing shade at any of the teams you played in, but it's just a different animal, you know, once you start playing pro. Oh, 100%. Especially if you're in the East Coast, it's a, it's a cutthroat league. You know, uh, you got guys there, you know, that are playing to provide for their families. You got guys there that are playing to get to the next level. You know, you got guys there on NHL contracts that are, are, are trying to get back back up to the AHL and the NHL. And, at, you know, at any moment, you can get cut, traded, sent home. It's, you know, like, like you said, it, it, it's a business and it's a result-oriented business. So if you're not pulling your weight, they have, they have no loyalty to you. You're gone. Next guy comes in. Was that difficult to adjust to? It, it was, but um, like I said, you know, I, I still had that chip on my shoulder where I'm going to go in there and, and do what I have to do. My my first year pro, I you know, I didn't play a lot in the East Coast back then. You could dress 10 forwards. The 10th forward usually didn't really play a ton. Uh, so when I did get my minutes, you know, I was either making sure I was being physical or, or I was getting in the fights, doing what I could to stay until, you know, I got the opportunity to play a regular shift and, and was able to show that I, I, I could produce at that level. So you're in the ECHL with Toledo. You eventually play in the AHL with the, the Texas Stars and you help win a Calder Cup in the AHL. Was the talent level palpable jumping from ECHL to AHL? Like, was it a wow this is a different different world, and I'm going to have to adjust. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a big difference individually, skill wise. Everybody's faster, stronger, but it's almost an easier game to play too because everybody's always in the right position. The passes are always on your stick, so it, it is a big jump. But at the same time, it, it's almost easier to adjust to. No, I think that makes that makes sense. And so you're the AHL, and you are you know, a step away from the NHL, like where I think you're all the goals always to get to the NHL. Did you feel like you were close? What, what did it feel like? Like as far as what you were being told, how you were performing and stuff like that? Uh, to be honest, I was trying just to stay in the AHL. I wasn't looking at making the NHL. There's a totem pole there with the drafted guys and, and that you have on your team. And you kind of know who's going to be the next one up you know, if there's an injury or something. So that's not something I ever really got focused on. I just kept my head down and tried to make sure that they didn't give them any reason to send me back to the East Coast. Was that kind of freeing that you just were able to do what you thought you needed to do and and focus on yourself and not constantly have kind of that side eye wondering if the phone's going to ring or if you're going to get get pulled in or or anything like that? I mean, I I wouldn't say it's freeing because it it is still nerve-wracking to know that there's a ton of other players up out there that would love to be in the position that you're in at that time. So, you, I mean, there's always somebody barking at the door. So you got to make sure you don't take your foot off the pedal and you don't give them any reason to send you down. So if you're not scoring, you know, what are you providing for the team? And, you know, luckily for me, I, I, you know, I wasn't a big guy, but I played a physical game. And, and I got to play on the fourth and third line where, you know, there's guys that come up that if they're not in a top two line role, they can't play the third, fourth line role either. So you know, they might be more skilled and talented, but you know, when you have your top six already, you don't need those guys. They can't find a way into the lineup. So, I mean, like, lucky for me that I could play anywhere in the lineup. What are your favorite memories of your time, ECHL, AHL, like over those years? We mentioned you were part of a Calder Cup team, but when you think about those those games, that time, what are the, the first memories that come to your mind? Oh, it's easy. 
game seven against the Toronto Marlies in the conference final to go to the, the Calder Cup. It, it was a, a battle of a series. You know, Toronto, we you just you got a hatred for them. They were, you know, cocky and arrogant. And, you know, they thought they were going to win it and they thought they were going to cruise through the Calder Cup and, and win that. Um, so to see our guys keep battling and, you know, we, we had a very good team as well. But uh, when it gets down to that game seven, you know, we go down two nothing early at home, you know, but we come in after the first period and there was no doubt. There was no panic. You know, it was just stick to the game plan. We just need one and we go from there. And, you know, once we got that first one, you know, the floodgates open and I think we ended up winning like you know seven two. And then, you know, honestly, the the best part of that was going through the handshake line after and you know, just with a big smile on your face, shaking their hands. And I can see the big smile on your face as you're <laughs> as you're thinking about that moment. So then you you spent time overseas. Is that something where your time in you time in the AHL had run its course, and this was the next challenge, or did an op, did you get a phone call and said, "Hey, I've got this opportunity for you," and you decided to jump? Yeah, it was uh, an opportunity came while our playoffs were still going on in Texas. You know, I had Med Vishuk called my agent and you know said they're interested in signing me and. You know, I, I signed before our playoffs was over. You know, it's probably one thing you know, I maybe regret if because I didn't stay in Texas a little bit longer than I probably should have. But at the same time, I think signing took any pressure off of me to do well. And I ended up having a very good playoff run with Texas, knowing that I, you know, I, I had a contract for the next year. Yeah, but then go, going overseas is, is a great opportunity too. You know, I, I started in the KHL, only stayed there for about three months and then went to Finland, you know, then signed three years in Germany. We absolutely love Germany. Great place to play. Great fans. Unbelievable support. You know, great culture there. And, you know, you get a lot of time off for those IIHF tournaments. So and the travel, travel in Europe's just easy. Just hop on a train and go somewhere. So, you know, we took advantage of, of doing a lot of traveling while we were over there. And then we finished in in Cardiff. Uh, I signed in Cardiff to go back and play with two of my close buddies from Thorold. And luckily enough, we ended up winning a playoff championship there together. How is hockey different, if at all, in Europe than in North America? And I don't mean fan. I mean the actual game. Like, is there more of a focus on speed in Europe than in North America? Or is it, if you're good, you can find a way to get your, your game to work? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's pretty similar. I think the only major difference is the size of the ice over there. It's a lot bigger ice. So if you're a, a speedy, skilled player, you have a lot more time and space to make plays. Other than that, yeah, the you know, F- Finland is a little bit smaller ice. So Finland would be more of a North American style style game. You know, very defensive, very physical. But uh, Ger- Germany and the KHL, it's, you know, the skill level's high. And like I said, you you got more ice to to maneuver out there and make plays. How long did it take the wider, the bigger ice to get used to? Uh, you adapt fairly quick. I, I think going from North American size ice to over there is a little easier than it is for the Europeans starting there and then coming over to North American. I think that's more of an adjustment playing on a smaller ice when you're used to the bigger ice. But no, I mean, you, you adjust fairly quick. I mean, you, you realize... Like I said, you, you have a lot more time and space. What is the wildest memory you have from your time overseas? And what I mean by that, just maybe, because I know specifically I talk to a lot of guys who play basketball overseas. 
and they've got stories that run the gamut from either phenomenal experience to I had to get to the airport before the government fell. Like, it really is a wider range. Is it similar in hockey? You know, were there any wild situations and not necessarily bad, just like, well, I wouldn't see this in the U.S. like or in Canada. Was there anything like that? I think one that comes to mind right away is when I was playing in in Croatia and we were flying into Magnitogorsk in Russia and we get off the plane and you're walking through this airport and, you know, there's no ceilings. All the wires are are hanging down. You know, it's it's, it's very nerve wracking knowing that you have to get back on that flight and then. Magnitogorsk is um, it's a it's a very interesting place. <laughs> so playing days are over. You start coaching. How has your coaching style evolved over the years you've done it with the with the generals? And you know, I mean, we've talked in a matter of hours. You've been on the on the ground at Newman, but you know, how have you kind of rounded out as a coach as you've gotten more experience? Well, I, I think having worked under Derek Laxdahl for a year was uh tremendous for me just you know seeing how he approaches players and how he's not you know, he doesn't yell a lot which I think is good he had a, he had a different approach but he was always honest with them you know nobody ever left the coach's room saying well if I wish he would have told me this I wish he would have told me that he was very transparent and I, I think that's one thing that I, I took from him is is to be honest with the players because you know when a coach is lying. I, I I sat in a lot of those meetings as as a player. You, you know when a coach is lying, and you know once you stop having that trust in your coach, you know it, it's a slippery slope. So to to see the way he approached it, you know, was kind of eye opening, and and I'm I'm glad I I got to learn from him. And then obviously his his knowledge for the game is through the roof too. Does success as a coach feel the same as success as a player? for you or is it hit does it hit different oh i haven't had any success as a coach yet <laughs> well i mean you know even as an assistant but you know just like oh i and i just mean like a win I, or yeah. a big moment like does it feel the same oh yeah yeah like I, I i'm an emotional coach i still get excited when when our guys score i you know i get mad when we get scored on no when you're in those big games I remember my first year coaching in Oshawa, we were playing against Kingston and they were, they were a loaded team and we were battling with them. And we had game, game six, we were down a goal at home and it was three seconds left in an ozone faceoff. We went it back and, and score right off the faceoff to tie it up with three seconds left to go in the game. And, you know, it was, it was, you, you still get excited as a coach in, in those moments. Now, unfortunately we lost in overtime and the season ended, but <laughs> It was still a, still an exciting game and, and, and a good series to be a part of. How have you been at seeding control as a coach? And what I mean by that is when you're the player, you're doing it. But as a coach, you're trusting the other person. You're trusting the kid or you're trusting the player to put in motion what you want put in motion. And I know for a lot of guys that can be difficult at first, like because you're just so used to being able to do it. Like how has it been for you knowing that your powers kind of end you know, at the, at the bench doors. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the only thing you can really do is, is make sure that they're prepared and and you give them all the tools that you think that they need. And like, like you said, it's, then it's, it's, it's on the player to, to go out there and, and, and apply it and, and do it and play the way that you want them to. But the one thing as a coach that you can control is a player's ice time, right? So if they're not doing the, what you want, they're not playing the right way, 
then you just start taking their ice time away until they, they start to play the right way. If I talk to you in 2007 and I lay out what the next 15, 17 years are going to be like for you, would you have believed it? I would have said you're high. <laughs> it has been an amazing ride. And do you take moments to just take a step back and go, wow, you know, this has really been something. This game has has really taken me places, literally and figuratively. Yeah, no, I, I'm very thankful for every opportunity that I've had, the championships that I've been a part of. Uh, you know, I don't take anything for granted. I, I've been very fortunate to play as long as I did at the levels I did from the path that I came from. Mike Hedden, thanks so much for taking the time. Best of luck here in your inaugural season. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Newman University head men's ice hockey coach Mike Hedden for being our guest this week on One on One with Matt Leon, sponsored by your Delaware Valley Honda dealers. Make memories during happy Honda days. Now, if you like this show and if you listen on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave us a rating and a review. It would really help us out. You can follow the show on the platform formerly known as Twitter, now known as X at One on One Pod. You can follow me there as well at Matt Leon 1060. Thanks so much for listening. Listening and be sure to check us out again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.